Welcome to Taking the Plunge with Marissa Woods and Mara Seiler Price. We are two people who never thought we would be doing this, but here we are giving it a try and taking the plunge. We are so excited to meet and share the stories of so many people who have made significant changes in their lives and taken their own plunge. We hope you'll take this journey with us. Hello, everybody. We are here with John Denny. He works as a performance coach in Jupiter, Florida, and works with many different types of athletes. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be with you guys. Yes, and this is our first long-distance podcast, so we're excited to be doing this with you. I'm excited, too. (laughs) So we know that you had a plunge moment. So take us back before you took that plunge and what you were doing at that point in your life and where you were and just give us a little bit of history there. So one thing that really attracted to me to your guys' podcast was the title, Taking the Plunge. When I look back on the last three years of my life, I really have taken the plunge, especially in the daily meditation and daily practice. And I have seen just incredible results. But what led up to that was Really, in 1985, after college, I moved to California thinking I was going to become a famous actor, director, producer. I don't know what I was thinking, but (laughs) (laughs) what I did happen was my mother told me to go to this man's 85th birthday party, and he was the astrologer to the stars. Oh, and so I I love I love that kind of stuff. So I walk into his house and there's Cesar Romero and Rudy Valley and all these Hollywood stars and they're all asking me my birthday. And I'm like, what is going on here? You know, really feel like you had arrived in LA. I had no idea. Uh, the guy's name was Carol Ryder. And so uh, we went through the night and got to meet him and found out he was the world's foremost astrologer. And over the next three years, got to know him. And he was the happiest person that I have ever met to that point or since that point. And I wanted to know why. And he told us it was basically because he'd learned how to take control of his thoughts. He just, he thought the thoughts he wanted to think and wouldn't get all caught up in dramas and things like that. And so over the next three years, he taught us this meditation and really, you know, so we had it ingrained in us. And then over the years, I've always used it maybe once a week, maybe once a month, sometimes if things are going well. I knew I'd marry the first girl that learned it. And so I I had been through, there was three or four girls that did not care to learn it. And then (laughs) finally found one and and it has really served as the foundation of our marriage, you know, because we do it together. She leads it one day and I'll lead it the next day. And I always joke, if nothing else, for 10 minutes in our house, no one's arguing because only one person's talking. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But then later on, I'd learned, no, we were really becoming a mastermind partnership, you know, thinking perfect health at the same time and seeing each other as perfect health and seeing each other's perfect harmony. And if there's a problem, you know, placing these problems in the right action, we had sort of a tool for all kinds of areas in our life. And it just, it started to manifest. I'm 25 years married this year and Love her more than I ever have. It was just her birthday yesterday. By my, Aww, by my happy, happy birthday! <laughs> so you said you were you were practicing this about once a week. For how many years were you practicing it about once a week before you then kind of 
Well, really 30 years, 29, 30 years, we've been using it. And then about five years ago, I really got the burning desire that this was going to be my life's calling to perpetuate this meditation and share it with other people. I didn't know how that looked. I really didn't know how that looked. And then for two years, I was making business plans and figuring out how to make a video or audio and sell it. And I got more and more frustrated. And finally, one of my coaches or mastermind partners said, John, you know what you need to do? You need to do it every day for a year on Facebook Live. And I said, I can do it. And everyone was against me. My wife's like, that's the time I'm putting the kids to school. (laughs) Everyone had an excuse for me not to be able to pull this off. And I just started doing it on a daily basis. And what was that uh, like for you? At first, it was a little awkward, especially because of the technology. And I'd never, and Facebook Live was very new at that point. So it was a really new kind of technology. And I was getting to know what Live was about. So there's a lot going on. But uh, I was committed. If it didn't work the first time, I'd record it again. I I'd sometimes had to meditate four times in a row to get one up there that worked. But that instilled it more and more and more. You know how they say it takes 21 days to form a habit? Mm-hmm. Well, it really did. And at about the 21 day point, that's when everything started to shift. And I knew at that point, I was like, I know I'm going to make this year. And I I think it's going to go longer than that. At about that 21 day point, everything had sort of smoothed out. It was still a challenge, no doubt, but we did it. And during that year, wherever we went, I find a place to do it each morning, And I did it from Fiji. I did it from New York, California. I I did it from wherever I was. And did your wife join you in this at all? Or was this your solo journey? No, that first year she joined me almost on camera every day. It was like, you can't beat them, join them. And Mm -hmm. then, then the miracles really started happening. My wife completely became a daily participant in this journey. And that was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And I watched her bloom into like this most powerful woman that I knew it was there. You know, each day she's like, yeah, we look pretty good today, you know? (laughs) And then a little bit better the next day and each and every day. And then she'd start talking more. And I just saw her self-confidence and I saw her just like an empowered woman. And she started to say, you know, John, I really want to get back into design because she loves design. I really want to get, I really want to contribute to our financial income. And I was like, all right, you know, I I see that with you, you know, just start putting it in right action and see what happens. Well, about six months or four months into doing it, Restoration Hardware calls her up out of the blue and said, would you like to come work with us? Absolutely no application, no interview process, nothing. And wow. we, that's insane. That is insane. And then she went on to sell $4 million worth of furniture as a part-time design consultant, wow. outsold the whole country, the number one part-time design consultant in the entire country for restoration hardware. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that almost sounds magic. Mm-hmm. What is it well, about meditating? Yeah. So make that connection for us between daily meditation and then being able to do something that phenomenal. You know, it's about getting out of your ego and into your empowerment. So I like to call it the I am versus the me. Mm -hmm. You know, we go along in a me, me, me attitude. Life's rough. When you start going along in an I am attitude and affirming the things you want to be, well, life seems to smooth out and make that kind of stuff happen. So she started affirming I am 
back into my design. I do have a job. We didn't know what it was at that point. We live in an intelligent universe and meditation gets us in the connection with that intelligence so that things can happen, things can manifest. What I've found is it's not that people don't get what they want. Most people have no idea what they want. Mm -hmm. So they don't tell the universe what they want. So when you're meditating, are you saying these types of things? Are you putting out there verbally what you want from the universe? Absolutely. Okay. Verbally, mentally, verbally. And we've always done the harmony exercise. Out, one person's doing it out loud anyway, yeah. if you're doing it in a group or with two people. So for me to meditate out loud is very easy. But you'll see the harmony exercise has seven exercises in it. And four of them are all about realizations, the realization that I am perfect health. I am perfect harmony. I am abundant supply. Mm. We're creating, we become what we think about. So we're changing our belief system. And then the universe starts to reflect it back. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a mind boggling thing to watch. It's incredible. And when you're meditating, are you doing the full, like you said, there's seven exercises. Are you doing it from start to finish each time? Or do you sometimes, depending on time, have to do it? You know, how does that work? I have what we call like the seven breath harmony exercise where you can run through the realizations, but in, in the full version, you know, I'll realize for my health for myself and then I'm going to go through my family and see my wife in perfect health and my daughter and my son and then people who've asked me to pray for them. And then after, then you go into harmony and you do the same thing. So the full version takes about 12 minutes. I do have a couple of speed versions. <laughs> right. you know, it's like, okay, I only got five minutes. Let me just reset myself. I don't know if you guys have heard of the Heart Math Institute in California, but it's an incredible company and they teach even a quicker reset, just one to two breaths you can reset. But the Harmony exercise, I have a, like a two minute and a five minute and then the full version. And it's, it's never boring. You're just, you're moving from thought to thought. If you're not making a realization, you're realizing it for your friends and family. There's an amazing breathing exercise, a, a tone exercise. It's, it's a very, you know, my daughter, my daughter loves it because she goes, yeah, it's, it's a very active meditation. Mm -hmm. you know? So what was going on in 2017 that inspired you to say at that point, this is what I want to do. This is where I want my focus to lie. It was about 2015 when I knew that that's what I wanted to do. 2017 was when my friend coach Dan said, listen, John, you need to, you need to prove this. If, if someone told me three years ago that, okay, John, what you have to do is you have to do it for three years and then you'll be in the place to actually teach it and mm -hmm. put it out there. I would have been like, you're out of your mind. I, I can't, <laughs> three years would have seemed like a forever journey. And, and to really understand in my own life, it's like, it works. You know, there's no doubt about it. People, you know, I would never recommend it for weight loss, but it worked for me because I, uh, I guess I was kind of over gluttonous, you know, and as I started to change the level of love in my life, well, I went from, I, I think I started this journey at about 255 pounds, maybe 260 on a bad day. Now I'm at about 210, 212, and I never went on a diet. I exercise actually less now than I was when I was heavy because I thought that was the answer to my weight, you know, mm -hmm. exercise more. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started increasing self-love, as soon as I started really taking care of my I ams mm -hmm. and not trying to get stuff, you know, everything changed to see it happen. 
in the mirror is just mind boggling. My wife was the same. No diet, it's only been self-love. And as she has become more and more empowered, her, she has had a physical transformation that you just can't deny. It's unbelievable. That's really incredible, honestly. And you feel it's more the self-love versus being more mindful? <clears throat> I do. I think self-love makes you more mindful. There's nothing worse than those I'm not good enough statements. Mm -hmm. They're better than me. All these comparing ourselves to others, cutting ourselves down. I never realized the danger in that. But we were created in the image of the creator, not the observer. So we are always creating. So if I'm going to tell you guys, you know, guys... I'm, I'm really kind of angry today and, and this is going on and I'm trying to be an observer. Well, I'm not. As soon as I say I am angry, that's going to be my reality. I am basically paving the road ahead. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite authors says, don't talk about your health unless it's good, unless you're talking to your doctor because your doctor, hopefully he can help you out. Anyone <laughs> else is pity or fear. That's a horrible one. You know, you you tell someone about, and now they're scared for you. That's the worst energy we can have. So how do you translate what you've been talking about into your work as a performance coach with athletes? I tell my athletes, do you want, are you going to be happy when you win? Or do you want to be happy so that you can win? Mm -hmm. And make that shift in their mind so we can become happy. We can make a decision. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have a good attitude. Every single time I step on a golf course, I step on the court, I step on a field, I step into my career, whatever it is. And when we make that decision, it's, so much, it's incredible how more often we'll play to our potential. Absolutely. So Mara and I were talking earlier, how, I mean, we've both tried meditation on and off our entire lives. And I think it's last, I mean, for me, it's been like a week. And then I, I don't, what, what do you feel like has kept you going that you haven't missed a day, let alone been doing this for four years, even if you had missed a few days? Okay. Well, the, the first one was my stubbornness. I wanted to complete the challenge of a year on Facebook live, no matter what happened. Like I said to you guys before, once the 21 days passed, we, we got to a point where um, it had become a habit. Well, when we saw the miracles happen in year one, what, what do you think I was going to do? Stop year two? It was like, no way I was going to stop. <laughs> Same thing, year three. Year four, I met you guys. So here I am on the Taking the Plunge website. You know, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now had I not done this, had I not taken the plunge. So all these avenues are opening up so that consistency has completely flooded over into other parts of my life and made me completely more responsible in a bunch of areas, which, which is, you know, which has also been one of the sort of side benefits of the harmony. So prior to this meditation challenge for the year, was there anything else like this ever that you feel like was remotely comparable to something like this that you've done? As far as for me, like th this is a completely different one because all the other ones were, oh, if I go to Tony Robbins, he's going to mm -hmm. fix me. If I go to Alan Cohen, he's going to fix me. You know, <laughs> it was always thinking the answer was out there. Yeah. But, uh, and, and you get to those guys and what do they tell you? Hey, the answer's not over here. It's in there. You know, mm -hmm, yes. they, they don't quite tell you how to get in there and find it. Once it became about me, it, everything switched.
When you decided to do it on Facebook Live, was it both for purposes of accountability as well as to distribute the message and teach people through that venue? I'll promise you it's still a matter of accountability now. So it is full accountability. I mean, when I don't, if I haven't done it, if by noon or one o'clock, I'm thinking, whoa, I need to get on this. And that's been another element of it. You know, what keeps us accountable? Well, I have a few hundred people keeping me accountable now, so it's good. Do you try to practice at the same time every day? So that's a great question. What time? And I have found meditating to the rising sun has really worked for me well. I I originally did it at seven, but then sometimes at seven it was dark and sometimes it was burning hot. So um, I I eventually about, I think, four months into that first year, I decided it's going to be to the rising sun. During the few years that you've been doing this, have you had any difficult emotional experiences that normally would have presented significant challenges for you that you experienced differently as a result of meditating? Well, the first year, my brother lost both his sons and they both had muscular dystrophy. They lived incredible lives, but I felt like I was kind of an emotional rock there. And, but I think what gives me more of a calmness, even that is my deep belief system that it all doesn't end here. You know, I don't fear death too much as it is, but I do think it has helped me deal with other people's emotions a lot better. I'm a real empath. I really feel for other people. And I think that that was a problem for a while, maybe too much. And it's allowed me to put that more in perspective. When Marissa and I've talked about meditation, one of the things we talk about is that ability to remain calm and to remain centered. And that when you have young children, that can be quite challenging. And so, so again, I mean, just wondering to what degree meditation has helped you deal with some of the things that many of the rest of us deal with and become really frustrated by and feel like we almost lose control over. So we all have a boiling point, right? Yep. If my calmest I can ever be is nervous wreck and my views is really short, well, meditation helps us lower that baseline. Suddenly you're not nervous wreck anymore. You're just slightly anxious. So one of the great things about meditation is we do it when we're not all wired up. You know, you don't meditate when you're, when you're having a meltdown in the afternoon, (laughs) you're, you make it, you do it in the morning when you're already calm. So you lower your baseline of calmness. Now, later in the day, when you need to reset, when your buttons are getting pushed by, you know, by business, by your, by your mate, by your kids, by whatever, suddenly you have this ability to stay calmer. That, that's a really nice thing. Absolutely. So if, if Mara and I tomorrow were to start this path again of attempting to meditate, well, not even daily, just attempting to meditate, <laughs> what would you say is the best place to start? Start with an open mind. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good online meditations, but the harmony exercise is a little bit like a mantra. It, it mm-hmm. is the same meditation each and every day, but who you're working for changes. So yesterday you might've been working for your kids. Tomorrow you might be working for your business. So it's always changing like that. But similar to the, to the Catholic rosary, they do it the same way each and every day. The harmony exercise is also that same sort of thing. So it becomes a mantra and these become your tools. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, that's awesome. I mean, if this isn't a motivation for people to start meditating, I don't know what is really. Well, I, I appreciate that. So we're going to ask you a couple of our final few questions, if that's okay. Can't wait. All right. <laughs> if there's something you'd like to do more of, what would that be? I would like to do more speaking. I would like to do more sharing this message with people and making them realize that happiness is a choice. And, mm-hmm. and so that's become my mission, just spreading what I'm learning to make life easier for people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How about something that you would like to do less of? I guess if I have to be totally honest, it would probably be to smoke a little less weed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. I was expecting to hear that. You just legalized it here. So you're talking to the wrong group. What are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for my family and for the understanding that we do have control of our thoughts. I got to say, I'm extremely grateful that I've found this life of metaphysics and the study of thinking and you know that we have more control of our emotions and our reality than we think we do. And how are you feeling right now at this moment? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a good harmony exercise tomorrow morning and just keep moving forward, you know, one step at a time. So tomorrow I hope to stay in the moment not freak out about the future, not regret the past too much and do the best I can. That's amazing. It really is. Thank you so much. This was so awesome. And again, so, so motivational. I think we'll both tomorrow morning try this out and we'll definitely give you feedback and we're really excited to try it. So if people want to find you and get more information and be able to try your incredible meditation, where do they go? Well, you go to theharmonyexercise.com and very easy to sign on. And if you'd like to email me, I am at theharmonyexercise at gmail.com. So we're very easy to find as far as search engines go, theharmonyexercise.com. That's awesome. And we will also put that information on our notes section in our podcast for anyone that wants to find you there. Well, I love you guys. I'm so grateful to be on your show and I wish you the best of luck with this podcast. Taking the plunge is an awesome, awesome idea. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right.